Ajahn Tong wakes up. I don't know how long he sleeps. I'm told he sleeps three, four hours a day. Uh, he's up at around three, I suppose. And what he's doing, I'm not sure, because you're not allowed to get close to him at that time. But there was a time where I would meet him at his door. So I would get up at 2 a.m. and go and meditate outside of his door. And at 4.30 he would come out and I would walk with him to chanting. As at 4.30 in the morning he would go to chanting. And then he'd give his talk and we'd do a group meditation, just 10 minutes walking, 10 minutes sitting. But everything he did was was measured. There were times there'd be times where he'd be sitting there and there'd suddenly be a whirlwind of activity around him. His driver would come and say, Okay, Ajahn, time to go. Walk in, walk out. Ajahn Tong would sit there. Secretary would come in, okay, Ajahn, time to go, getting ready. And there and he's so clear, he knows exactly what's going on. And he doesn't have to listen to them because when the time comes he'll get up and he'll go. And then at the exact right time, he looks up at the clock, looks down, says to himself, I'm, I'm assuming says, intending to stand, intending to stand, intending, noting his intention, and then standing up, standing, standing. With perfect measured calm. I've never seen him off guard where he suddenly does something uh, without being aware, clearly aware of what's going on. You can see it. There's no, there's no mistaking it. It's something that is, is clearly visible in everything he does, in how he eats, in how he walks, in how he talks. Uh, I've come to him asking a question about something you know, fairly trivial, you know, a naughty point or something where I just wanted an answer. And he'll give me like a, a thousand times what I was looking for. He'll, he'll hit me to the heart with uh, with something because he knows it's good for me because he knows what I need to hear he wouldn't just tell someone out of out of a desire for them to have knowledge he will always say it in a way that helps the person because he sees clearly what is beneficial to the person I once wrote down in my book <clears throat> I would write everything he said down in a book or, or everything I noticed and I once wrote down uh, everyone who comes here gets something good yeah, and and that may not mean so much, but if you saw the kind of people who came to see him, from politicians to crazy old uh, monks and nuns, uh, village people who had no interest in meditation, who wanted like you know crazy things, uh, monks coming to him from all over the country, and big monks, powerful monks, everyone who came to him. Uh, got left with a smile, or left with, with you know, if if they weren't smiling, they had been hit really hard, and they were still reeling at, you know, in surprise really, because you go there expecting, yeah, yeah, we'll just go and talk to him, and we'll we'll get this or that, and it it, it it's a shock for for many people, to to get what you get from him. He doesn't he doesn't teach theory. He he's he's got a surprising lack of uh, of um, theoretical doctrine that he teaches. Uh, hardly ever hear him go on and you know detail the Abhidhamma. I've I've rarely ever heard him talk about the Abhidhamma. Yet he tells people to learn it. Uh, 
His way of teaching is, it it, for that reason, it often people often miss what he's talking about. People who are who are deep in in study and so on will uh, often uh, in the beginning, or at least you know they 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 feel like they haven't gotten what they came for, right? Because they're coming looking for a technical answer to their problem, a theoretical answer, and they don't get that. So he'll start talking about well, not exactly, but you know some of the things he talks about. He he harps on about. Sorry, harps is not a good word. He goes on about food. He says how oh, you have to know moderation in food. And for the longest time, I thought this was really kind of well mundane. Right? Why are you talking? You know, aren't there more deep and profound things to talk about? But he he always says how how important uh, moderation in eating is. For example, uh, of course, I found out later, and I, I I thought about it later, and I realized that actually it was probably partially because a lot of the monks in the in the monastery weren't keeping the rules on 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 eating and there was a lot of uh eating in the evening and cooking in the evening and a lot of fat monks <laughs> some fat monks and fat novices and so on it's hard to imagine no how you can get fat on this diet but they have a different diet um but but it would be very simple and not only the eating but on just about everything and often he would just he, he, the teachings he'll give are just you know there's there are things that you could learn from the very basics uh, of Buddhism. You know they have these basic texts, and he'll go on about them. He'll talk about the the very beginning uh, teachings. He'll say at the very beginning of the Vinaya. I even have some of these mem things he said memorized because to me they're just great to hear. Kunton uh, It says at the very beginning of the Vinaya, the vin and in this, in this he means the Vinaya as taught in Thailand. They have this textbook. Singti Kuan Siksa. The things that we should study. There's only three. But you see how profound it is to 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 reiterate this, because here we are talking about things up in the sky. And he brings us down to earth. Sing ti laoja, sing ti kuan suksa, misam. Sin si ka, suksa na yung sin. The morality, training in morality. Samadhi si ka, suksa na yung samadhi. Training in moral, in concentration or focus, and. Panyasika, training in wisdom. And then he talks about, I can't remember in that talk or in, in other talks, normally he'll talk about what is morality. Well, morality is when you bring the mind back, keeping the mind from running away, keeping the mind from chasing after our desires and so on. This is morality. Because when you let your mind go, this is where immorality comes from, right? So bringing it back, what does that lead to? It leads to concentration. What is concentration? Concentration is keeping your mind on the object, focusing on the object. What is wisdom? Wisdom is knowing the object. In fact, the funny thing that teachers will always say is that wisdom is actually just... When you say rising and falling to yourself, that's actually wisdom. Funny, isn't it? Because it seems so stupid. It's like, well, I know it's rising, right? The problem is you really don't. Maybe for a second you experience the rising, but then you know 
hey, my stomach is rising. Isn't that great? Or, oh, it's, it's all stuck. It's not deep enough. It's, it's not smooth enough. And so on. And so on and so on and so on. We don't really know it. When you know it, that's in a sense panya. Panya means to know thoroughly. When you know thoroughly that this is rising, that's wisdom. Because that's dwelling in the present moment. It's being with reality. And the, an arahant is an enlightened being is like that all the time. They're aware of the reality at all times. So Ajahn Tong is is a sort of a sort of no nonsense teacher. In fact, I would say the theory that you get from him is 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 not there's not much, but it's incredibly clear. I I had teachers before Ajahn Tong, and I was able to grasp what they were teaching. But I couldn't make head or tail of it. I couldn't tell what was the first step, what was the second step. It seemed all jumbled and kind of ad hoc. You know, for this person, I'm going to say this thing based on my experiences and so on. Ajahn Tong, when I started practicing with him, everything was crystal clear to the extent that I knew exactly how to teach people and I knew what steps to lead people through from one day to the next. His teaching made perfect sense and went in perfect order. Uh, and really everything that he taught was like that Or is like that I'm assuming he's still teaching I haven't been in touch for a while uh, And that's the thing about being a penniless monk You, you can't just fly and, uh, and go see your teacher So now here I am in another country Someday hopefully I'll get back there But I should probably keep in touch, no? Anyway, I assume that he's still there teaching uh, And his teaching is just Everything is, is the same. He will say the same thing a thousand times without ever getting bored or ever having to alter it. He does alter it and he does change. But he's, he's consistent. He's incredibly consistent. And sometimes to the point where it's like uh, he's not trying to sell you himself. He's telling you the truth. And he'll say it to you a thousand times. He'll tell you it again and again and again. Because there's nothing else. You're not going to get him to change his his way of teaching. He tells you the truth. And he gives people very simple teachings. And they won't get the theory out of it. Uh, you know, They won't get an incredible amount of theory. And you won't hear him reciting long discourses or talking about the Abhidhamma or so on. But he'll give you what you need at that moment, and that's that's a thousand percent clear. Anyone can vouch for that. When they go to him, they get what they need, and it takes them the next step. It's it's a lot like the practice. You know, when you practice meditation, uh, if you haven't practiced intensively, you might not have re have felt this yet. But when you enter into the meditation practice, you have a lot of expectations of what you're going to get out of it, and those expectations are, for the most part, blown out of the water. And the greatest part of meditation is realizing that your purpose for meditating is is wrong and actually changing that, altering your path. It's a very profound part of the practice. It's not just learning more. It's learning that learning what to look for, learning what to learn. And he does that. He changes people. He doesn't just give people the answers. He changes their questions. He changes what they're looking for. He's, uh, he's got to be the best teacher by far that I've ever met. 
and maybe there are maybe I have met and I just haven't learned from them but I've been pretty uh, I think I've been fairly observant and I've watched a lot of different monks and a lot of different teachers and I've never met anyone that I could say uh, from my knowledge from what I know of them compares to him just in terms of his practice uh, I've only seen him get uh, agitated once and to me it was like a perfect sign that he never gets agitated because his way of getting agitated was like to say something and then you know go back to total peace and calm what, what it was is I gave him these CDs of one of his teachers these really neat set of mp3 teachings it was just like a ton of of teachings from his one of his teachers in Bangkok who is very intellectual and uh, so so has a lot of you know long lengthy teachings but they're really good immediately he gets up and takes me into into his room and he wants to listen to them and they're like no no he's got no way to listen to them and I hooked him up and he was able to listen and they were very angry at me because they didn't want him to listen to the people who take care of him who I don't have much good to say about uh, wanted didn't want him to listen at that time and he wanted to listen so there I was listening I got in real trouble for this I was yelled at and scolded not knowing the right time and so on but Ajahn Tong got to listen to, to, to the Dhamma so I was happy and so I sat there and they came in and said okay Ajahn time to go and and he's and and this was a secretary and Ajahn said five minutes give me five minutes and then he went out and stormed out boom 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 and then the driver comes in okay Ajahn time to go and Ajahn goes one minute can't I just have one minute and then he said these guys they don't have a clue <laughs> and then he went back to listening and we sat there and we listened for a couple of minutes boom 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 storming in and out these guys who were totally furious and then he said, okay, thank you very much. And he got up and, and, and he went on. And so I, I tell that not to give you a sign that he, because I don't, I, I didn't, you know, it, it increased my respect for him to see him do that. He wasn't a pushover, but he certainly wasn't interested in these guys. He was just like, I'm listening. One minute, it was really, his whole body shook. It was really funny. Yeah, I really love him. He's a wonderful person. Uh, I think of him as my father in the Dhamma, or grandfather maybe, he's old enough. Okay, that's an answer, hopefully. It's 15 minutes.